Welcome to Women of the Wild, where education and opportunities are key. And friendships are made to last a lifetime. Did you get it? <laughs> you think we got him? You think we got him? We got him. You said that yesterday. <laughs> All right, Skylar, what do we got here? We've got a nice looking rip off. Yeah. This is Felicia Marie with Women of the Wild. We are here today with Rachel Voss from Washington. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? Hello. Awesome. Awesome. I'm really excited to have you on. I watch you all over social media doing all these crazy trips and everything. Um, can you give us a little bit of a backstory about yourself and how you got into hunting, what the outdoors is to you? Yes. So gosh, I could probably talk forever on this, but, um, I started hunting very, very young. Um, I am one of four kids. I have all brothers and my mom and dad have actually hunted all over the world, like, like three to four different countries. Um, they have a game room that like puts anything to shame. It's, it's super impressive. So it was ingrained in me really, really early. Um, and I just loved it that and fishing. Um, I was as, as young as I can remember out there with them and kind of, you know, putting along beside them. And, um, so I, it's just something that I've, that I've done my entire life, you know? Um, and I just, you know, it's funny because my brothers are just not, they're not into it. They're really oh, not. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My parents call me their son. <laughs> so that's awesome. I can really, I'm the, I'm the son. My, my parents never had, cause I'm, I, there's three girls. Yeah. And I'm the only one in the family that hunts, I actually got my parents into hunting. So I can really relate to that. Um, to an extent, my parents weren't hunters, but now they are. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. It's funny, isn't it? It's, it's amazing how genetics work. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think there's something just like a powerhouse of being the female in the family that mm -hmm. hunts you. Um, and it, it brings you like a different type of respect from the family sometimes when like the guys don't hunt, but the girl does, or like yeah. my siblings are, are both females, but they don't hunt. And it's like a whole different, like, they're just almost in awe of the fact that you took this trait. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm it's, sure. I'm sure for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's really awesome. So you've traveled all over and done some really awesome trips yourself. Do you want to tell us about some of those? Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I've hunted in numerous States. Um, you know, just from our connection on social media, obviously waterfall is my jam. I love my waterfall hunting. 
But that being said, I'm pretty big into my elk hunting as well and bear hunting. So, um, you know, I started, I think this is probably how you and I got connected, right? Like I started hosting women's hunts um, mm -hmm. almost five years ago, four and a half years ago. Um, and it started with one hunt. It started with one Washington State women's uh, goose hunt. And I think I had kind of like six or 17 women, 16 or 17 women, excuse me. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. So everybody was like, let's do that again. So second year I started, I booked another one. Well, it was, there were so many women that wanted to do it that I ended up booking another one. And so pretty soon it was four, four went to six, six went to eight. And you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> it's your life too right now. Um, and it just kind of took off from there and it's been everything, right? Like, um, we've done hogs, I've done bear, um, waterfowl, upland, a little bit of everything. Um, it just really, really took off, you know, and I, over the last four and a half years, I've taken over 400 women out on like these mentor type hunts and, you know how awesome it is and how good it feels to get these, you know, to get these ladies out and get, you know, you're making new friends, like friends for a lifetime. This is how I met some of my very best girlfriends, which I know you can relate to. So. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny how that all starts. It's just like this idea of like, I want to get women together. Right. 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 And that's how, how it all starts is like, I want to do this and I can't be the only female wanting to do this. So then yeah. you do it. And it opens up this, like, and it's like Pandora's box, right? Yeah, like yeah. Oh, totally. whole new world up yeah. and it, it leaves you shocked. And the fact that you do those mentor programs mm -hmm. is really awesome because there's not a lot of women's groups out there. I know us with women of the wild, that's one of our big things we focus on is like mentor new education. Yeah. And, and yeah, you're right. That's exactly how we got connected was hosting these women's hunts and and sharing out for you, um, you know, cause for us, it's a big thing for us to not only focus on like what we're doing, but other women's groups are out there sharing that same mission. And it's important for us. The way that we look at it is like, we light each other's candle. We glow yeah. brighter together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the connection over the last couple of years, I've been watching everything you're doing. I know we've had some chats back and forth, but yeah. what you're doing is like incredible. And I love that it's like, we are, we're, we are like East centrally located, but yeah, you're like yeah. all the way out to the West. So it's really great to me to see the, the diversity and the right. dynamic of location mm -hmm. because we got girls down in Texas doing this, mm -hmm. you being all the way off to the West. It just makes me feel better that there are other women's groups out there who are focusing and giving the demographic to those women because no group can provide it all. Right. No, so no, no. Not at all. The fear of like competition is what drives me crazy. It's like, there are so many women and the demographic is so large, like work together and power through it. And you've always had that, that mentality. And I can yeah. appreciate that so much. Well, and that's what I love about you. And we've had this conversation before, like there's no competition here. I'm going to share out your stuff and you're going to share out my stuff and we're all, you and I are, we're in it for the, the same reason. We're passionate about it. We love it. But unfortunately, there is some that are not. And that's hard. I mean, and I don't know, how do we like bridge that? How do we bring those gals together? This isn't a competition. It's not who can take out 
who can who can host the most hunts or who can take out the most women like we need to all be in this together and I maybe you have some ideas because that's the one thing I think that frustrates me when I was doing this um just on an individual level well I know we'll talk about first hunt but um that's probably the most frustrating thing to me I mean what how do you feel no I feel exactly the same that was one of the biggest frustrations that I had um but I think that by doing it in a manner of like sharing these other women's groups, they're like, oh, these girls are sharing my stuff. And I think it just takes somebody to make that first initiative of, I want to help you. Yeah. And I also think not having the expectation in return, like we will share other women's group stuff all the time, but we don't expect them to share ours. Yeah. It's okay if you don't want to, yeah. but for us, we want the public to see that we are here to support all women from anywhere you're at. I don't care if you're in the next city over you're going to hit a different group of women, or maybe my dates don't work for this group, but they might work for your group. So yeah. that's why I don't feel like there's competition. This like there's the locations are changing. The dates are always changing where I might host an event on Saturday, but maybe Saturday didn't work and you guys are hosting it on Sunday, but it worked for that person. That's yeah. okay. Um, but I think the biggest thing is being that sisterhood and being that powerhouse to be like you and I, we yeah. hold each other's hands and walk through the oh, fire. Yeah. And that's totally. okay. Um, and I think it's important for other women's group to see that is that these big groups can come together and coexist and not only coexist, but support, um, like fully support. And I, you know, we have gone back and forth with that a lot of, Hey, can I share this? Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever got to do, yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, it can be sensitive. I think you don't want to step on people's toes. Um, charmed outdoors. You know, yeah. she's a, Kimberly, yeah. she's on the same, same boat you and I are. She is all about doing it together. You know, I just helped her connect her with, she, she got a hold of me and she's like, you know, I want, I love your hog hunts have been successful. I want to do this. Do you mind helping me? And I'm like, no girl, of course not. Like, this is what it's all about, you know? Um, and, and I love that. And you're probably right. It, it needs to start with ladies like the three of us that, um, can step up and do that. You know, I know that one gal called one of my outfitters and um, was like, you know, I want to book with you, but I, I don't want to step on Rachel's toes. And he was like, and it was awesome because he was like, no, he's like, I don't think you know Rachel very well. If you think you're stepping on her toes, she has a goal and that's to get as many women out on a hunt as possible. So I can, and he honestly spoke for me like perfectly because that is exactly what I would have told her, you know? Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's got to start with, with us that are, that are doing that and hopefully everything, the pieces then just kind of fall into place, right? Like people see that this is a connection and a unity and we're working as one, um, that's the ultimate mission for me. And I, I, yeah, I know you're the same way, so yeah. And I work closely with Kim quite a bit. Um, me and her have known each other for a few years. She runs Charmed Outdoors down in Texas. Yeah. And we've talked about teaming up for some hunts when we're, yeah. cause we host down in Texas a couple of yeah. times a year. Um, and it's funny because we typically always bring girls from Michigan to Texas. Like yeah. it's yeah. never like, it doesn't ever seem to be like Texas girls that sign up for our stuff. And, um, I told her, I said, you know, if we can host X amount of girls, why don't we just do this together? And you're absolutely right. It is about, and sh again, Kim shares the same mission. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's us taking them out, if it's you taking them out, her taking them out or another group, 
as long as there's women getting out there, yeah. that's what matters. And it doesn't matter the outfitter, as long as they're good quality vetted outfitters, yeah. that's the biggest mission. And I think that that's where, you know, groups like yours and ours and Kim's are striving for that is to make sure you have good quality outfitters mm-hmm. that are trusted, that can respect women. That's a big thing for us yeah. is oh, making yeah. Yeah. they're respectful because there's, there's outfitters out there that are not. Yeah. And it's important to find that out ahead of time. So there's a lot of legwork that goes yeah. into the group. Yeah. Um, but you are, you're absolutely spot on with it is, you know, having that conversation of how do we change it? How do we get started is mm-hmm. something we need to bring to light and maybe start having that group discussion of what can we do to make this better, different, yeah. and let all of these girls reap the benefits of everyone coexisting together. Yeah, it's, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, it doesn't feel like it should be as tough as it is, but it really is. You know, there's a lot of components to go into it, you know, um, like you said, when it, with the hunt and it's like I said, the, the fact that my outfitter said that I was like, awesome. That makes me feel good. Cause I'm like, he knows, he knows my thing. He knows what's up. He knows my mission and that's cool. And you know, speaking of let's, I want to ask you about, you know, when it comes to choosing an outfitter, um, how you guys do it, because it's, it's, it's a vetting process for me, right? Like I'm very, very picky. Um, and I want to take my girls on, on a hunt with the best outfitter that, that, I can find somebody that's respectful, that's knowledgeable, that um, is going to teach them regardless if like the birds, right? Is regardless if, if birds are flying. Um, and and that's been a little bit of a struggle for me sometimes is finding that that perfect one in different parts of the nation where I may not have an in as much as like him in Texas or, you know. Um, so I, I know I typically it's either like maybe you say, Hey, yeah, this outfitter is good. Somebody that I really trust or somebody that I've hunted with before. Um, what do you do? Is there, are you doing anything outside different of what I'm doing to find those right ones? No, we have that same process. If I don't, if I don't personally know them, which I've been hunting for almost two decades now. So there's a a big group of us here in Michigan that are very, very trusted. Um, and I also guide here in Michigan. So a lot of a lot of our friends are very intertwined with each other. I have a lot of friends that are guides or boat captains, but everyone comes to women of the wild as either someone I personally know and yeah. trust. Yeah. Um, you can have friendships and they still might not be a good fit. So it's important for it to be a, a business relationship that you can trust. Yeah. Um, and we have quite a few of them here, a lot of really great boat captains, but we're surrounded by the great lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them double as guides in other states too. So we already have that shoe in with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then everything else is relationship based. So as I, you know, as you grow in the outdoors, you start meeting more people and you start building those relationships. So everyone that we book through comes to us as a referral. Yeah. We don't ever, um, one thing that we do at one of the wild, we don't seek something. So we yeah. don't, we don't say, you know what? I want to do this. I'm going to go Google a bunch of guides. Exactly. And that is the worst way to do it. <laughs> our, the way our hunts come is they almost like fall into our lap. Of, yeah, hey, same I here. have this guy that wants to work with you. This is what he has to offer. Mm-hmm. And it's a trusted person. And then that conversation is opened with that outfitter. Mm-hmm. Um, we will we'll book like uh, private hunts with them yeah. to go privately first to make sure that we're getting a good experience, that we're able to test their lodging and their meals and how their whole process works and make sure that they're professional. 
Um, so there's always that vetting process is someone, um, and like my girls will know, like I'm a, I'm a chatterbox. <laughs> um, but I, I connect with people like yeah. on a different level a lot. So typically when we go out, like most of these girls are like, man, are you like best friends with this guide? And it's like, well, I mean, we have, we've grown that relationship yeah, because yeah. you're constantly talking to them. You're constantly yeah. working through those things. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, I love it because you and I are the same way like that. Like yeah. I didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that you just build the relationships and you let it fall into place. But yeah, we yeah. don't, that's our process. We don't seek anything out. Yeah. Um, if it, if it falls in line, like I know we were, um, we had a, an iguana hunt scheduled for this June and unfortunately we did have to cancel it, but that was like a referral that came to us. And even though we had talked about it for like the last two years of, Hey, we want to do this. I wasn't going to like seek an outfitter in just hopes that it worked out. Right. There's so many other opportunities. There's women's groups out there who have already done this vetting process. Yeah. So, um, like that's one thing, like our girls will reach out to us and be like, Hey, do you have this opportunity coming up? And I'm like, I will be very honest. I don't, but this group does. And yeah. I think that's another piece of di- dynamic. And like you said, it's not stepping on toes, but if, if we have like our niche, right? Yeah. That's our niche. That's what yeah. we're going to specialize yeah. in right. we're like to do like sturgeon trips and walleye yeah. trips and, and waterfowl. We have the, this great flyway over here. Um, And it's, it's like, we have those niches. And if we're not fitting into a hog hunt, I'm going to call, I'll call you or Kim because it's like, well, that's not our forte. And I, I don't feel comfortable posting something that I've never done before. Right. As like an education. Cause everything we do is education based. Right. 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 We have to have experience to be there. So we do a lot of our plan. We do, um, we do a lot of things based on this as education. So we want our PRs to be at these events educated along with a good quality guide that the yeah. PR that's going on this event knows what they're talking about so they can right. provide that education. Yeah. You know what we need? We need a spreadsheet with our trusted outfitters that we can throw back and forth amongst a few of us. Yeah. How cool would yeah. that be? I mean, right. that, that alone would help all of our groups. Yes. Even just like, and that's one thing that we had discussed doing with Women of the Wild is becoming like a hub for all yeah. of these women's groups to come to and be that. Yeah. Um, and as we grow, I'm sure we'll get to that point, but it is, it's important to share those vetted people. So you're not going out with somebody that's going to put your girls in an unsafe or uncomfortable situation yeah. and having our backs, even though we're across the country from each other is important yeah. to prove to these other groups who maybe aren't as supportive of connecting with other women's groups that look, we can do this and we're still thriving. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I love that. Um, I do want to dive into your first hunt education program a little bit. Um, I know a couple, it was maybe last month or the month before you and I had discussed it a little bit. Yeah. Um, But for our listeners, they have no idea. And I know that you and I have talked about this, but I would love for our listeners to get at least a taste of what first hunt is all about. So could you tell us about that? Oh, I would love to. Um, so, uh, I recently, um, as you know, became the national director, uh, for what is called the share the heritage program. And that's H E R for her and heritage, um, underneath the first hunt foundation. Um, so first hunt foundation, um, we are a nonprofit, um, we're national 
And what we do is we take new people hunting. Um, we have a mentor system where folks like yourself and everybody else go and they they sign up to be a mentor. Um, and then they go on our national mentor map. Um, signing up to be a mentor is, there is a, a national background check, obviously. Um, and But it's very simple, very straightforward. Uh, and once they pass that, then they go on a map and um, they can be they can be found by their location. So it doesn't pin them exactly to their address, right? But it like within a zip code. So say Sarah over here is um, in Idaho and really wants to get into hunting or has maybe turkey hunted and wants to get into elk hunting. Um, she can go on the map and she can find a registered mentor under First Hunt Foundation um, and is able to contact them and, and connect with them. Um, so it's super cool. Uh, and our Share the Heritage program is our national women's mentoring program. So um, when I was asked to step into this, um, yeah, no brainer for me, right? <laughs> so taking what I've been doing myself um, on a large scale, like taking it to the next level, literally. Um, and I'm excited about it. It's I've just been in the position for three months. Um, and I have added 70 new women mentors just since I came on, um, put us over the thousand mentor mark because we're, as a nonprofit goes, we're babies. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, um, I want to say eight years, uh, they've been up and running, um, which is very, that's, that's young in the nonprofit world. So, um, we are recognized as one of the um, biggest national mentor programs. Uh, it's it's super exciting for me because I'm like, okay, I get to take what I love, what I've been doing, and like take it next level. So um, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. And I know you signed up to be a mentor, and I'm hoping that we are going to be able to connect and do a share the heritage event um, around you and. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Like I, I could go on. Yes, no. And, and please do, because this is really incredible. And I think it's important for people because we do have a lot of girls and a lot of listener men and women alike that haven't done something before. Mm -hmm. Um, we a lot with women of the wild with youth programs mm -hmm. but this year alone, just in 2023, we have gotten over 200 women out that are first time owners to something. So there's a need and a want for it. And yeah. when you and I discuss this again, for me, it was also a no brainer. Like I, I remember seeing your post and I liked it and I was in the middle of something. So I didn't comment. And then you messaged me and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, thousand percent sign me up. I'm in, yeah. um, I do stuff here at this within our district of yeah. like, a child wants to get out hunting. Yeah. I had done it out of my own personal pocket and purchased hunting licenses for those kids. Yeah. Taking them out on my private land and been like, this is what we're going to do step-by-step step. tons of women. Whenever a woman reaches out and is like, Hey, I want to learn this. It's like, yeah. great. Let's go. You tell me what dates you have. I will make them available. Like, yeah, there is nothing in this world that makes me happier than being able to provide an education to somebody and watch yeah. them to use. Like, there is being a mentor for someone. It gives your heart a feeling that cannot be done by anything else. Oh, and so such fulfillment, 
such yeah. fulfillment. And until you do it, you literally don't know how full it makes you inside, you know? Um, and you know, the cool thing about our, our hunts is so typically a, a hunt is an, or an event, a hunt event, we call them, um, would be usually three days. Um, it's, they are totally free for our mentees, which is, very exciting and, and very important, you know, because a first hunt can be very expensive. You and I know that between gear and the whole nine yards ammo. Um, so say say we have an event coming up this weekend. So um, if the mentors would come in Thursday night, um, Friday would be all instructional. So uh, say it's a turkey, a turkey hunt um, that would look like patterning shotguns, um, calling, concealment, um, and clear down to field dressing a bird. Like we will actually have a bird that when we teach them, you know, how to field dress it. Um, and then Saturday becomes hunting. So Saturday and Sunday, depending on how much time is needed. Um, so, and on our hunts, our mentors do not hunt. This is, they don't carry a, you know, a firearm. It is strictly about the mentee. And, and there's, it's not just, hey, you're going to be a mentor and you signed up and that's that. Like you are through that day of instructional, that entire Friday, you are right there by your mentee's side. Like you are answering stuff, you are helping, you are engaging in the instructional seminars as much as they are um, mm -hmm. asking questions because, you know, obviously as seasoned hunters, we're going to ask probably more questions, you know, that we know um, would be helpful when it comes to having a mentee next to you. Um, so this is strictly about them. All food is provided, um, depends on where we're at. A lot of times like a Boy Scout camp or Girl Scout camp will donate their facility. So lodging is usually part of it. Um, sometimes it's a camping situation, but um, we even offer gas vouchers for our families to get there, which is cool. Um, yes. So it's it's not just, hey, I signed up to be a mentor and we throw you to the wolves. Like mm -hmm. it's, there is, you know, we give you the tools that you need to be a mentor so that you can turn around and give your mentee all the tools that they need in their toolbox to be successful and to be able to, you know, I, I've been out now with Rachel, so I feel like I can go turkey hunt on my own. Mm -hmm. And if we don't harvest during that hunt, it is so freaking cool to get a text maybe two, three, four weeks later of an animal. Like I shot my turkey. I, you know, I, I, I shot my hog I, whatever it might be. I mean, talk about like goosebumps, right? Yeah. I mean, it's super cool. So it's, there's so much that goes into it. That really is. Um, it's like that little, like, so we, like, we have a lot of experiences with that where we had, and there was a harvest on the trip. Um, but we, one instance that really stuck like really tight to my heart is we yeah. did a female veteran, uh, waterfall hunt in Arkansas. And we brought a girl who had never duck hunted, like never right. goose, hunted, never duck hunted, never touched waterfall, Definitely. never even yeah. like really like thought about it, yeah. but she saw the opportunity and she's like, I would, I would love to do this, but what do I need? And I'm like, you just need to show up. We'll provide everything for you. And she did. She harvested her first goose, her first duck with us. But then um, about, I want to say it was like two weeks later, I got a text message from her with a whole field of geese. And I was like, 
this, this right here is You're like, happy dance, happy dance. I was, <laughs> I was so excited. Um, I was with one of the gentlemen that was on the hunt with us. Yeah. Um, who was helping guide and call. And I was, I ran to him and I was like, look what she just sent me. And I was like almost in tears. I was so excited. And I'm like, this is why we do what we do. Like yeah. I was completely jacked and excited, but that what you're doing, what Kim's doing, what we're doing with women of the wild, what so many other women's groups are out there doing. And not only just women's groups, like the first hunt foundation, that's really important to have for everyone out there, whether yeah. it's fun, whether it's women, whether it's children, it doesn't yeah. matter. Providing yeah. that first experience and that education, there, there's not enough of it. So no. to come up with something like that is all on board. Anytime anything like that is ever needed, I will be the first one to be like, pick me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're not wrong. It's so easy to geek out with excitement when, when you get those texts. You know, I here's one. Two weeks ago, I get a text from one of my mentees from First Hunt Foundation she says to me, you know, I, you have inspired me so much and I love hunting so much. I just started, I decided to start my own podcast about getting outdoors and hunting. Will you be my first guest? Um, yes, I would be honored and talk about like trying not to have like the waterworks going. Cause it was really neat. It was, I mean, very cool. Very cool. So yeah. yeah. And one thing, and like, one thing about women that I have really noticed um, is when you provide the education and the tools to these girls, they are all in. Like, there's no, I don't know, like every single female that, and I'm sure with you and everything that you're doing is exactly yeah. the same. For some reason, it seems like when you take a woman out, you have like erupted this thing inside of her that she like can't control. And they, they go all in. Like it's, it's just a, an awesome feeling to see somebody just love something so much and absorb it mm-hmm. and just keep going and seeing like, we had a couple of girls last year for waterfowl that we took out for an early goose education mm-hmm. hunt. And we took, uh, I want to say it was 12 women. Well, all of those 12 women are now like in love with waterfowl, yeah. but now they're taking other women out and oh, they're so cool. So that's really cool to me too, is to see those friendships made. Like we, we might have six girls in the blind, but like two weeks later, two or three of them went out and did their own waterfall. And to me, I love seeing that, that those connections and that sisterhood is being built. So that's like the other piece to all of the excitement and you get to watch everybody grow and lift up. And it's, to me, that's just another awesome thing. And the kids, when the, the kids get involved, watching them and as they grow, um, I know like both my children are super into the outdoors, Yeah, but they haven't had opportunities to harvest as much because for me, it, it's not about an age. It's about, um, a maturity, a maturity yeah. level yeah. of when you're ready to do something yeah. or your skill level. I have yeah. a rule with my son, with my son, cause he really wants to do archery deer yeah. hunting. Yeah. And I said, bud, my rule is you have to hit that target and we do, you know, it's a pretty decent size, like teacup right. software size. Right. If you can get that target five times mm-hmm. consecutively, I will let you bow hunt for deer. Well, he, he puts the bow down and he gets into football and then he gets into fishing and then he comes back and he can't hit it. And I'm like, it's not fair to the animal. So for me personally, that's something that with him and I, like we'll go out and we'll practice and I'll yeah. take him to hunting. But until he's there with, and he, 
hill gun hunt, but with archery, it's just, it's one of those things that it's not a maturity, but this year, um, you know, he's big waterfowl hunter, but this year he got to harvest his first Turkey with me. Yeah. And it was almost like a shock to him of, did this just happen? Like he, I saw the pictures. Uh, It was awesome. Yeah. He didn't have like the excitement. Like I'm excited. I like jump up and I'm like running and I'm like in front of him videotaping and he's walking and he's just kind of walking. And I'm like, hello, (laughs) I'm here. Like, did you see what you just did? And he's like, yeah. And then he got up to it and you could see his eyes get big. And he just looks up to me and he's like, thank you so much. Like, and it made me want to cry the appreciation. Yeah. Um, we had to do all of this before we could do it. And it wasn't just shoot your shot and there's your Turkey. Like yeah, you was, just pull the trigger. There was so much more behind that, that work and that effort. And I think that's really important when mentoring. Um, I've been doing mentor programs with women individually for a while. And a lot of times I'll be like, come out with me mm-hmm. and sit with me while I hunt Yeah, and learn or yeah. come out with me, even when we're not hunting and let yeah. me teach you about the land. Let me teach you about the animal. Let's talk about this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And, um, typically it's got to start there. It's got to start with the education with young kids. Sometimes you have to provide the the opportunity first and then the education after. Um, but you know, for us, it's always, and I'm sure the same for you, it's, it's safety first experience second. Um, so having that instilled in their brains before putting them in that situation is really important. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, when the excitement is there, you know, and getting, when the, when the mentee can actually go out and then becomes the mentor, you know, you're doing something right. You know, um, that kind of makes me want to jump into, um, like the whole R3 process, right? Are you familiar with it at all? Okay. So, so R3 is a big push. It's a big national wide movement. And I just got back from New Mexico. I, which I think, you know, my horror story from travel, but, um, and what it was is an R3 symposium. Um, and R3 stands for recruitment, um, reactivation and retention. And that is into the sport of hunting. So, um, it's every, almost every fish and wildlife agency now, DNR, um, this is a huge thing for them. So this might be a whole other podcast, but I just want to touch on it really quick because it's, it's you and I kind of gone around it here with what we're talking about, but um, it's super important because we're doing the recruitment part, right? Um, but, but where we are lacking is, is the retention. So we have some that are coming in, we're teaching them, we're mentoring them and they're turning around and becoming mentors. But, um, we have some that are coming into the sport. We're giving them the tools like you and I, and and other programs, we're taking them out, but what's happening when they leave us, like some of them don't have the confidence to go back out there and do it by themselves. Um, and so they're circling back around looking for these programs, looking for um, folks like yourself that, you know, and, and Kim and, and other girls out there. Um, so I kind of wanted to ask you, like, how do you how do you feel about it? Like I we're there's a big gap between the recruitment and the retention um, reactivation. It's it seems to be there. Um, there's a lot of women that maybe grew up hunting and 
and then see you or I out there and they jump back into the sport. Um, but the retention and keeping them into it is, is kind of where we're lacking on a nationwide level. Um, so I was just kind of curious, like what you, what your opinions were on it. I know you don't know much about it, but, um, that's the gist of it. So I, I do think that the retention is extremely important. Um, here up in Michigan, um, when we do our hunts with women of the wild, we focus on that because everything that we do is it's okay if you have no experience, but we will do second and third. Um, we typically start it with like an upland hunt. It's a good introduction. It's, it's right. an easier, um, form, but you're absolutely right. Retention is very, very difficult because like you said, the, the confidence might not be there. Their skill level might not be there. And it might be like, I still want to keep doing this, but I don't, I don't want to embarrass myself or yeah. I still have questions. And I always tell girls, and this is with any group that they go with, whether it's with a women's group and outfitter, do not leave with questions. Ask me anything. There's no stupid questions. Like leave here feeling like you learned something. Yeah. And at any point, like these women can reach out to us. And once a girl has gone on an event with us and whether they've been on one or not, once you've been on anything with us, so Okay. We get a lot of repeat girls okay. that want right. to keep coming okay. back. And we, we provide those second and third and fourth experiences. And sometimes it's not even about, it's not even about whether it's your first time or your hundredth time doing it. Right. It's about right. coming together and having that sisterhood and that community. Yeah, it is. It's the first like introduction and you get like this big push of people of, Hey, I want to try this. I've never done it. Yeah. You definitely get the girls that are, you know, grew yeah. up doing at one point circle mm -hmm. back, but that retention is really important. And I do think that a lot of times it's something that, um, there's like that lackluster about it for some mm -hmm. people where they're yeah. like, Oh, I did it. And I don't, I don't mm -hmm. really feel comfortable doing it by myself, but I don't know that I want to, I don't know that I want to do it again. And I think keeping that excitement alive mm -hmm. is, important. and I think that, um, I do think that it is something that we should be focusing on though, because it is something that's, it's difficult for women to have the confidence to want yeah. to continually yeah. get out. And now a short word from our sponsor. Hey everyone, Andy from ACC Crappie Sticks. I want to tell you about our full line of vertical jigging and live scoping crappie rods. We have from 10 foot to 13 foot in mid seat to rear seat and available in cork and super grip handles to cover all of your vertical fishing and live scoping needs. Go to acccrappiesticks.com. Thank you. Spark that fire and passion for the great outdoors through the gift of reading and learning with your kids. Dr. Josh Farr's vivid storytelling will captivate and teach your little ones through books like The ABCs of Hunting, Let's Go Out and Play, and his latest book, coming soon, The ABCs of the Outdoors. Your kids will love the great stories and bright, colorful pictures as they learn about friendship, life, and nature. See all of Dr. Josh Farr's books at drjoshfarr.com. That's D-R-J-O-S-H-F-A-R-R.com. Girls with Guns Clothing is a proud sponsor of Women of the Wild's podcast. If you're looking for hunting gear, be sure to check out our new fall collection, including the launch of our new Artemis Generation 2 lineup. With Girls with Guns, you know that our gear has been designed and field tested by women who actually hunt and wear this gear. We have an amazing team of women who contribute and share their ideas and extensive field testing so that our gear works for you in multiple hunting environments. 
We build our gear for women of all shapes and sizes, made by women for women. If you want to try out GWG, you can go to gwgclothing.com and use WILD15 for a discount off of your first order. Well, you see, trappers are a special breed of people. We're dedicated, committed, and passionate about what we do and who we are. Each and every one of us has an intense desire to be the very best we can. So in a world of skinny jeans, man buns, and pumpkin spice lattes, sometimes you just have to stop, push back, and tell the world, that's not me. Whether you're from the far north, or in the deep south, and anywhere in between, Southern Snares can help you succeed at getting the job done and being who you are. We would also like you to check out Sawmill Creek Bait and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safaris, Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service, and Hunting Day Podcast. And now back to the podcast. So let me tell you how important your program is from my perspective. So um, being that, that I work with the state agencies um, that push the R3 initiative, that's where a lot of them are lacking. Um, and they recruit and they put on their events, but they don't have anything in the middle, Felicia, for these, these ladies, these men, these kiddos, they've left, they've had a fabulous hunt with us, but they don't have anything in the middle. A lot of them are for first hunts and, Mm -hmm. and, and they're filtered so that more folks that are first hunters can come in. And then, and then we have programs like yourself. So you, you don't limit it to just, you've hunted with us once we've taught you this. Um, and now somebody else comes in, uh, it's awesome. It's super important. These women are getting contact numbers. They're forever friends. They can call you and be like, you know, I couldn't get the birds to work. What am I doing wrong? What, how does my spread look? So I want to tell you from somebody on this side of it, that's how important you are to us nonprofits and to the state agencies that are missing that middle component. So like super kudos to you, girl, because I don't know if you knew that, probably not because we just jumped into R3, but you are that that middle component to 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 the retention portion of it. So well, we appreciate that a lot. And our our biggest thing is I don't want any girl to feel like she doesn't have a place. Yeah. And not just women. I, I keep saying women because we are like well, we are, yeah. but it's not limited to that. We do co-ed hunts, we do youth events, but when we take someone out it did not stop at that hunt. I have made like you yourself included. I have made some incredible friends. And at any point in time, any one of these girls after a hunt has called me and been like, Hey, I want to do this. And I will personally be like, cool, let's go do this. I had girls that had questions about goose hunting. And I was like, that's okay. We like, they'll be like, when's the next event? I don't have one, but I'm going on a private personal hunt in my field. Come with me, stay yeah. at my house, sleep on my couch. Like yeah. I don't care. Yeah. this, like, let's just get you there where you want to be. And for me, it's a lot of fun too, because I, 
I love the experience of new people and I love to educate, but I love watching people grow. And if I can plant that seed and keep watering it, it doesn't matter if it's five years from now. And a girl that I took out as a mentor has a question, call me. I always feel that way. And there's no, that's important for people to know. There's no stupid questions. No, there's not. But, but I think it's really easy for people to not ask the questions for fear of that, but there isn't like, uh, you know, and I always say the minute, and I've been hunting for years, gosh, 30 years, the minute that I go out and I don't learn anything on a hunt, I might as well put my rifle, my shotgun, my bow, hang it up because you are always learning something. And yeah, there is not a dumb question at all. Yeah. And I think that it's important to have that perspective too. Okay. That's a really good topic that needs to be discussed is you're never going to be a know-it-all, right? And yeah. if you're, if you think you are, you're probably in it for the wrong reasons and you definitely yeah. have more to learn. Yeah. But for, for what I see is the people that are willing to go out and absorb and really absorb. And I don't mean just, I don't mean just, this is your first, second hunt to absorb information. I don't care if you've been out there a thousand times, there is always something to learn. Animals and, and environments are for always changing. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important to have that personality trait to, I want to absorb because that's how you're going to educate more people too, is because, and laws are always changing. So you're always, there's always something. And I agree with you. If there's ever a hunt where I feel like I didn't learn something or I didn't get excited, I'm out, I'm done. Yeah. It's lost its point to me. Um, like my family, we, we all hunt and it is based on providing for our family. But if, if say I go out and I get two or three deer and my son gets another two or three, like that's it. Like we, and we go through quite a bit of, of meat here in our house. I have have two growing boys. Um, I want to say we blow through like 10 pounds of burger in a week. I did it when mine were growing. So I know that I know the story. Yeah. (laughs) um, But we will use it, um, for a donation or things like that. But if we get to the point where my freezers are full, we're done hunting. It's yeah. not about the kill. It's not about that at all. It's about providing for our families. Now, if I have something where we have enough deer in our freezer, I'm going to call one of these girls and be like, Hey, you said you wanted to do this. Have you done it yet? Or do you have somebody that might want to go? And yeah. I, come on, let's get you out there. Yeah. Managing the population. Cause everything I do is on private land. Yeah. Um, but man, population management is, is a huge thing that we also instill and we try to instruct. Um, we talk about environment and, and the mortality from what can happen with, because of environment and not hunting inflicted. Right. Um, so hitting all bases that you're not providing somebody just, you know, here's a bow, here's how you shoot it. There's the deer pull the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, being a full circle. And like you said, where you're teaching, um, you know, calling where you're talking blind etiquette, where you're talking camouflage, when you're talking field dressing. All of those things are so important to stay full circle. The Mm -hmm. other thing that we typically add in is environment. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys do too. But one of the, one of the things that we didn't talk about is instructing people, educating them on the environments that they're hunting, Mm -hmm. giving them the ability to understand why that animal is there, where it's going to be bedding, where it's going to be feeding, what, where their water source is or what they're looking for, where they are going to go you know, bed for the evening or where they're going to go. Like right now with turkeys, where, where they're going to be putting their nests and how to keep a good environment for that. That's all stuff that we make sure it's a full circle for people 
that they're absorbing everything that they need. Yeah. But it's important to keep educating that because you might sit in a one hour classroom and hear it, but did you, did you just hear it or did you learn? Right. Exactly. Reintroducing that. If you come out with us the first time, the second time, we're going to say, Hey, we know you were here for this. We're going to watch this again, but listen and look from like a different point of view, because you're probably going to pick up more. And then we're going to dive in. We're going to, you know, do a Q and a afterwards and tell us what, um, so I just, it's really, really great with the first hunt foundation and everything that you're doing over there in Washington. I love that it is nationally spread because there's a lot of people that are feeling like they are being left out. And I think what you guys are doing is making sure that doesn't happen. And that's huge to me is seeing that demographic hit nationally Mm -hmm. that somebody in how many States, is there any States that don't have a mentor yet? You know, I want to say we, uh, we're almost in all of them. I want to, I have to double check, I think four states and I need to double check because my goal is to be in every single state. Um, you know, I, you know, my goal for this year, the heritage program, and I have 18 state level coordinators right now for the women's program. Um, and you're going to see big things. I'm going to be busy traveling all over the United States here, setting up these hunts in all these states. So my goal is to be in every state. And I have, I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's, it's going to happen. You'll see it sooner than later. So I think that's fantastic. And having the ability, and now do some of your bigger states like Texas, do you have like two girls in a state like that or multiple? Yeah. Yeah. So like you and I need to chat about that, by the way, but um, Texas absolutely does, will have two. Um, So I'm in the starting phases of this, you know, Mm -hmm. getting these, getting these girls going, I'm getting ready to have, um, send out emails to all of you and, um, and going to have a massive team's call and just let them know the where we're headed and how things are going. Wisconsin is an awesome example. So um, very early stages, but I've met with uh, DNR Wisconsin and I'm, I have a call next week with Vortex and we are partnering and going to be doing big things. We're going to be putting on a, a big hunt over there. Um, like they want it now. They want it 2023. And wow. um, nobody's, it's been like all gas, no breaks, right? And mm-hmm. super exciting, but it's it's happening fast. And Wisconsin will probably be the first state that you, you see a share the heritage hunt in. Um, but yeah, the bigger, the bigger states definitely are going to have to have two, maybe even three of these ladies. And, you know, these, these gals are my liaisons, right? So like, they're my, they're my middle women, um, between the state agencies, because when we do a hunt, it's not just first hunt foundation. We partner with fish and wildlife in that state parks, um, DNR, forestry service, whatever it might be. Um, and we join hands together because it, it, it takes an army, you know, one hunt, we're getting ready to, um, do a youth deer hunt in Washington state. Um, and use that as an example, you've got 15 mentees, so you need 15 mentors. And then you've got, um, camp staff, you've got cook, you've got family. So you're looking at, um, in one event, you're looking at 60 to 70 people we're hosting for the weekend. Right. You know, um, so definitely the larger states are, are, you're going to see where I'm going to have more women helping. Um, but we've got, I should say, I've got, I've got big goals and, uh, I've, 
I say it's not cocky if you can back it up. So I'm, I'm pretty confident in my skills and my ability to get folks engaged. And yeah, you're going to see big things coming up from I have percent. Full, full confidence in you because you are an incredible woman. You have that true heart. You got the grit. You have the knowledge. There is nothing that's going to stop you. And even if you are all gas and no brakes, <laughs> I really believe that you have that ability to do that and you're going to do it and do it well. Well, you I are, appreciate it. You, you really are one of those women that are in this outdoor industry for the right reason. And I think that's a really important thing to commend you on because there are so many people out here for the wrong reasons or are just here to showcase themselves. You yeah. are not. You are really in it with that full heart. And that's, I think, one of the things that attracts me to you that like draws me to loving everything that you're doing and wanting to support it is because that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. And sharing that passion, sharing that mission and having that ability to not only understand it, but respect the way that you are doing things is so important. And I'd really like, cause I know we're getting towards the end of our hour on this podcast, but I would really like for women to know how to get a hold of you if they do want to become a mentor or, if, or maybe they need to come out and they, it wants to be their first hunt. They want to know how to get connected with you. I would yeah. love for you to give our audience the ability to know how to connect with you on something like yeah. that. Yeah. So um, they can go to the First Hunt Foundation website, which is firsthuntfoundation.org, um, or they can follow me and get a hold of me on Facebook, or they can even email me. And my email is rachelv at firsthuntfoundation.org. So I absolutely love what where this is going, and I cannot wait to see how it's going to grow. I cannot wait to help you more through this process. Um, do you, I know that I signed up for Michigan and everything yeah. is, I got everything, the welcome yeah. package for that. And I'm super excited. Um, and I'm like, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit for the opportunity. I'm like, you let me know when you're ready because I'm all in, but is there an opportunity for the mentors to travel, to help in other States when you have an event like this one in Washington that you were oh. discussing having 15 people, yeah. if you don't have 15 mentors, do you pull from other States or do you start looking for volunteers? Yeah. So definitely, um, you know, like, like the one I'm talking about here in Washington, tough time of year. It's a, it's at the end of summer, I'm having trouble finding enough women mentors. Um, I've got four out of the 15 right now are female. Um, but for sure, like the, uh, surrounding states. So like Oregon, Idaho, um, even Montana, I will probably reach out to, um, you know, our mentors are volunteers and mm -hmm. we cannot survive without them. That being said, it's a tough time right now. Gas. Mm -hmm. I mean the whole nine yards. So we do reach out. Um, every, I, our mentors are so passionate. Everybody would love to, but there is some obstacles when it, when, when it comes to coming from other States. So, but for sure, I mean, um, we have a landing page for share the heritage on, um, our website and we're working on getting all of our hunts up on there. You know, we've got Wyoming deer hunt coming up. Um, like I talked about Wisconsin. So, um, yeah, that's, we, we take all the help we can get. We would never tell anybody now. So if they want to come from afar, we would love to have them. And is that how you handle like your, um, your staff at the facilities, like at your lodging, your chefs and people there cleaning, are those all volunteers too, or are they from the facilities? How do you work that? Yeah. Through? So those are usually volunteers, um, or staff from the state agencies or our partner agencies, whoever it might be. Um, so some of them are getting paid to be there, but the others are strictly 
they love, live, eat, sleep, breathe it like you and I, and just want to be there because this is what they love. So, yeah. And what about uh, the recipients of this? So the people that you have selected, what is the process for selecting a, who you're taking out on that first hunt? Is there an application process? Is there, um, you know, a vetting process with those recipients of who are going on these hunts? How do you guys handle that? Yeah, so usually when we do a hunt, um, our partner agency a lot of times does the, the marketing end of that. So um, we'll put it out there like on different social media, what, however they, they deem necessary. So they're maximizing their reach. Um, and then it's a pretty, pretty brief form. Um, there's questions that are asked, you know, have you ever hunted before? Um, you know, age, you know, do they fall into the qualification for that specific hunt? If it's just a women's hunt, if it's just a youth hunt, if it's any, you know, any gender, um, and then, and then they're looked at and it's usually on a first come first serve basis. Um, there has had to be a little bit more of a more intense process because unfortunately we've had um people who have been hunting for years and years just think they're gonna apply because they want access to private ground to hunt a turkey. <laughs> so so I have another part to that question. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now is it for a first hunt ever or a first experience? That depends. That okay. is that is event specific, right? So um you know, we've had turkey hunts where people maybe big game hunted, but they've never turkey hunted. That qualifies them. Um, a antelope hunt. They've maybe hunted everything else, um, but not antelope. That qualifies them. Uh, maybe they have never hunted at all, and that is the only qualification, right? So some of them are, it just kind of depends on, on the specifics of that event. Sometimes it's absolutely a brand new hunter. And a lot of times to do that, it almost seems like you have to really limit it. You know, I've, I've, we've hosted hunts where the youngest is eight years old up into a 75 year old. Right. You know, so, um, it's very, it's very event specific really. And I think it's important to notate what you just said. It doesn't matter if you're eight years old or 75, mm -hmm. if you haven't done it, there is programs out there. If it's yep. ever been a question that you want to do this, you just have to find the right resource to do it in, mm -hmm. um, because there's something there for everyone. It yep. doesn't matter if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you're a youth, it doesn't matter if you're 16 or in your eighties, mm -hmm. if you want to do this work, like groups like this are what are going to get you there. And it is yep. absolutely okay to reach out and find those. So yeah. going to the website for the First Hunt Foundation, I think is really important for anyone who's never done it and is even starting to like wonder, should I do this? What is in my area? Maybe start digging in and doing that research of what is available to me and where I'm at. Yeah. Now, what is it like, what's the process with um, these hunts with a new hunter? Do you guys walk them through licensing? Do you purchase their licensing? Like, how does all that work to make sure that they're getting the proper tags and everything that they need? Yeah. Step by step? Yeah. So there's a ton of um, email communications, right? And there's phone numbers that are made accessible for them to help if they do have those questions. But everything is laid out, the logistics. There's there's a, a, a chronic amount of communication that happens leading up to the hunts. 
um, from they're introduced to their mentor. And then our, our mentors are very much um, asked to please call, text, introduce yourself to your mentee, open, open it up. So if they, if they have those questions, you know, what tag do I need? Do I need out? Of, I need out of state. And, you know, I need, I need this. Do I need a conservation permit? Um, that we open up that line of communication very early so that all of those, all of those I's can be dotted and T's can be crossed essentially. So. No, yeah. and I think it's important because some states it can, it's not, not all st states are very like, <laughs> right? like, and you know, that there's a lot of states that it is jumping through hoops to make you need sure a lawyer. you need a lawyer yeah. to read the rings. Let's, let's yeah. just put it on the table, girl. <laughs> and there's a lot, um, one of the things that we've noticed. So here in Michigan, your hip is included in your migratory, right? Yeah. Okay. But there's a lot of states where it's not, mm -hmm. and you have to go through the process of getting your migratory, getting your federal, and then getting your hip too. Yeah. And some of the states, like I know we did Nebraska and there's tears. Yeah. Somebody who's never done this. I mean, it can be challenging for someone who is uh, more educated in that and who has yeah. that experience. It can be hard. So, and I don't want to say hard, but it can be challenging when it's something you're not familiar with. So, so throwing somebody into that, who's never bought a waterfowl license mm -hmm. and now you do your migratory, you got to buy a tear, you got to get your hip, you got to do you know, this a, is a snow goose record card. We have to yeah. have in a unit over here, you know? Yeah. So, so like, th that's why I was curious if you guys walk them through those processes, because in every state it's different. And some states it is cut and dry, clear as yeah. day by this, you're good to go. Yeah. Um, and like, there's a couple of states that I think is really awesome. Wisconsin is one of them that has like the first time, the first time you buy like your fishing license in Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah. it's discounted. Yeah. I love that because you're introducing and like telling welcoming out of state residents is, yeah. Hey, we want you to come do this. We want you to come be a sportsman in our state from a, a non-resident perspective. Yeah. And I love that. I, Maine, you know, love Maine is pretty streamlined like that too. Maine is, Maine is an awesome one as well. I just, a lot of, a lot of states could take, take a little sit down lesson on, on 101, how to simplify things, but you know, into in due time, maybe I don't know, but yeah, you're not wrong. It's it is frustrating. So we have to we have to do the best that we can going you know into that hunt. You know, kind of circles back to what you and I were talking about. The education starts very early, and the very first process is how do I apply for this? How do I buy my tags? So right. And um, now, are you doing any hunts that are are they all over the counter, or are you doing things that are draw? Are you instructing in regards to that? So um, right now, well, some of them are, um, we had, okay, so the Wyoming antelope hunt for the ladies hunt. Um, sadly, this go goes back to the education part that hunt had to be canceled this year um, for the fact of the antelope did not fare well with winter, um, some disease. Uh, so that hunt had to be cut. Um, in that one, you did have to put in. And so for out of state that that posed a problem for some, it's, you know, being a draw system, um, what are the odds you're going to get one? So so those hunts are are part of what we do. Um, it just kind of varies. And again, it's just whatever that specific hunt is, we have to start our education process early and help them uh, get through it, whether it's a draw or just an over the counter tag. So 
Well, I really love everything that is going on. You personally, as a person, you really, like I said, you have that grit, you have that heart, you have that passion, but the fact that you've, you've spooled it into so many other areas, right? Like you do these women's funds, you're doing all this with the first hunt foundation. Like you don't stop anywhere. And I love that you keep it open to all of that. And you keep, and I always feel like you're out on your own personal adventures too. So like, it's yeah, super, yeah. it's, it's really inspiring to see a woman like you just out there crushing it all the time, but having that heart and that passion to keep getting more out there. And it's not limited to women. Um, but I do feel that, and this is one of our, our slogans with women of the wild or one of our sayings is you can take a man hunting and you've taken a man hunting, but when you've taken a woman hunting, you've now taken the entire family because that woman's going to go home. She's going to share it with her friends. She's going to share it with her spouse. She's going to share it with her children. And you start to see the entire family unit getting out there, which is important too, because then you're seeing more youth in the outdoors who are our next generation of conservation and they're getting properly educated. It's not just putting a rifle in Johnny's hand and shipping him out the back door. You're not wrong. I have, um, I have, uh, who is a, a very, one of my very best friends. And I, she was also one of my mentees on a hunt. Um, she called this, this year and, uh, I helped her put in for her tags. Um, and then about 20 minutes later, the phone rang, her husband wants to put in for tags. He's, he had no interest in it. And at first he was like, uh, why are you doing this? And now he's like, well, I want to put in. So I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You're, you're not wrong about that. And that's, what's really cool about it. Yeah. I, I really love that. We have a girl, um, that we took out on a goose hunt and then Next thing I know, like she's taking her husband out who had never hunted and now he's hunting and he loved it. And he didn't know, I'm sorry. He didn't know that, um, this was something he wanted to do until his wife got into it. And she's always been kind of outdoorsy. Um, she's one of, one of my favorites, um, Hannah, she's one of the girls that we take out with women of the wild on a lot of events, but she's got that true story of like, she did it and she did it on her own for a while, but there was still things that she wanted to learn. There was still things that she hadn't done that she wanted to educate herself on. And she yeah. has really like immersed herself and she's like all over the place with us. Like she's been on how you were saying about that retention. She's been on so many events with us. Like I almost think every time we have one, she's one of the girls that are like, can I go on this? And it's great. Um, like this year we took her, she was one of the girls that down in Texas and we did the free range audit. Yeah. Eight weeks pregnant, she climbed 4,000 feet elevation and shot an odd ad. I then, saw that. I was like, that is badass. Look at this girl. Not only, being, not only being the first female to ever shoot an odd ad on that mountain. Yeah. But also a pregnant female that, you know, most men have cop, you know, I don't want to say it, but like bitched out and been like, Hey, I'm up, I'm done. I can't do this any further. Yeah. To have a pregnant female climate and not complain once. Like the girl is a trooper. Um, I mean, I've, I've killed two big horns and I know how hard that was not being pregnant. So I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, you know, coming back here, she, she helped with volunteering for some of our our events. We do the big, like we did the catch and cook walleye. She volunteered for that. Um, and then just, you know, the personal hunt, um, I took her out for her Turkey this year and she got her first Tom with me and not only not only should she get her first time, but she's 18 weeks pregnant and she wins a competition 
with a whole group of men in it and this pregnant girl wins it like that and the, the fact that her husband supports it but she's pushing him to like come do this with me and yeah. now they're both getting out there and they have children and it's like this this is what this is about that mm-hmm. whole family it's that full circle where it just comes yeah. back around and yeah. the kids are going to get properly educated I think she's working for the DNR now like that is those wonder stories that like yeah. this is why we do what we do yeah so cool so I've seen her yeah she's yeah that's pretty awesome yeah, she's a great girl, but she's one of my, one of our staple stories of like, when we need to inspire somebody, she's it. Yeah. She's, you know, um, and showing that it's okay to be someone who's done this before, but still want to learn more. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. she's gone and she's, she's turkey hunted, but was only taking Jake's. And then I think it was like nine years she's been turkey hunting and never got a Tom. So this year she got her Tom and not only was it a Tom, but I mean, this is like a five plus year old bird that she laid a hammer on. Like a roper. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, His, I mean, Spurs, true limb hanger hung him from a tree. Um, But having that, having that importance to our listeners and viewers of, of any of first hunt women of the wild turned any of it it's okay to have done something and still feel like you need to learn. And that is being open to everyone. And that's why I had asked about the first hunt is because if you have people that want, say you've, um, you've duck hunted, but you've never done an elk. Is that, would that be providing? And that's why I wanted to ask that is so people aren't thinking that, well, I've hunted before it excludes me. Yeah. That's not necessarily always no. the case. Sometimes providing that first line of experience mm-hmm. is important too, because yeah, you might know how to whitetail hunt. That doesn't mean you know how to hunt a pronghorn. Yeah. So exactly. it's, that's really awesome. And, and I'm yeah. excited to see where this goes and grows and I'm, I'm right by your side and I am your, one of your biggest cheerleaders rooting you on. Thank you so much. You're the best. This has been so awesome. Like finally face to face. Why have we not hunted together yet? That's the burning question here you know, that couple thousand miles between us, eventually we're going to have to just start walking each other's way. It's at beach in the middle and we'll just right? do something. I'm in. Exactly. Me too. Me too. I need to come out your way and do some, uh, some ducks with you though. That's oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. Yeah. We need to, we need to plan something. This has been way too long in the works. Yeah. I'd love to, I would love to plan like a personal trip with you and go do something and do some of women's trips and and team up. And I think that, you know, we both have that same mission of of teaming up and I think it would be a really great thing. And I, well, I I think we're probably going to have a share of the heritage hunt over there. Yes. It's like a pretty awesome connection, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that you can't beat that. So we definitely get it. We got to get it on the books. I'm excited. I can't wait to see where this goes and grows and you're a hell of a woman and I'm really excited. And, um, I know we're, we're exceeding our hour, but, and I know that you've already said it once before, but can you re, um, sorry, paused. My dogs are barking. I don't know if you can hear them. No, but I can hear the traffic going by my, my window. So I have, I have bloodhounds baying outside. So I know that you have said it before earlier in the show, but can you uh, let our listeners know again how to get in contact with you personally if they want to follow what you're doing and then also to get in front of this first hunt to be able to start finding mentors in their areas or even coming on as a mentor themselves if you could provide that. 
Yeah, so uh, firsthuntfoundation.org is our website, and my email is rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L-V, at firsthuntfoundation.org. And what about Instagrams, Facebooks? Do you want people uh, to follow you on there? Yeah, jump on. I mean, I've got a zillion followers, probably just like you. It's just Rachel Voss. I'm pretty easy to find. You find a whole slab of like dead birds, ducks, and geese <laughs> on my on my wall. That's me. You're, you're an amazing woman to follow. So I do encourage our listeners to go check it out and check out First Hunt Foundation. Um, I also would like to put it out there that anyone, the year's starting to close in. We have a, with Women of the Wild, we have a calendar contest um, to showcase women in the outdoors. Um, go ahead and jump on our Facebook or Instagram, anything like that. The link is there, but the website, www.womenofthewild.net. Um, we are looking for women to showcase in our calendar. We have a great wild game recipe book that we're looking for appetizers, entrees, and desserts, meal planning for wild game, gardening, anything that you want to put in there. We are looking for recipes for men, women, and showcasing people out hunting. Um, so that can also be done through our website. And we have a lot of really great things coming up in hunts. And we're looking forward to teaming up with other organizations like First Hunt Foundation, um, our local conservation offices. And we just want to say thank you to everyone that listens. And we really want to thank you, Rachel, for joining us today. It's been absolutely wonderful speaking with you and hearing your story and learning this mission and this goal and dream that you have is so big. And I know you're going to achieve it. So thank you so much for talking to us today. And I know we're going to see a whole lot more from you. For sure. Thanks, girl. And that concludes this episode of Women of the Wild podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions or would like to check out our website, it is www.womenofthewild.net. We post different events and everything that we've got going on. We would really like to also thank our sponsors, ACC Crappie Sticks, Girls with Guns, Southern Snare, Sawmill Creek Baits and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangolaya Safari, Dr. Josh Farr Children's Books, and Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service. Thank you all and hope that you tune in in two weeks for our next episode.